unstoppable kick-ass confidence. Are you ready? Welcome to the Raw and Unscripted Show with Christopher Roush, where we help you overcome your self-created crap without the self-help fluffy bullshit. Now please welcome our host, Christopher Roush. Whoopsie, whoopsie, whoopsie. There we are, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Raw and Unscripted Show. I'm Christopher Roush, your host, and you're at your place where I help you overcome your self-created crap without the self-help fluffy bullshit. Thank you guys for being here, whether you're live or on the replay. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We're here every single Tuesday night at 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, bringing you the raw and unscripted conversations designed to change your perspectives, to shift you forward, and to really get you to think a lot about differently about your past, present, and your future, and really try to change the dynamics of where it is that you're focusing on so you can change the results of what it is that you're doing. So thank you guys for being here. I appreciate you. We've already got some amazing people in the house already. So yes, yes, yes. Happy New Year. It is 2022. If you're like me, I'm 52 years old. Saying 2022 sounds a little bit foreign because I remember when I was a little kid, when I had to go from writing 1979 to 1980, and I thought that was a big shift. And then I remember Y2K of the year 2000, where they thought the world was going to come to an end because of a computer glitch, and it obviously didn't. It's amazing how the things that we get all frustrated and we think everything's going to become this big thing, and it never really does. Hmm. Amen. What's going on? We got Mary Kay in the house. We got Mary Kay in the house. We got uh, Angel in the house. Still says Facebook user. I don't understand what that is. We got Susan Day. What's up, Susan Day? Thank you for being here. She's coming to us from the YouTube uh, link. So thank you for being here. We got Lee in the house. My brother Lee he says, hey, y'all. Thank you, Lee, for being here, brother. I appreciate you. Mary Kay says, hello, Christopher. Scott Ricard is in the evening or is in the house. And he says, good evening, Christopher. My sister from another Mr. Lynn Serrano is in the house. Thank you, Lynn, for being here. I'm so, so grateful for you guys all being here um, to uh, to hear support the show. And tonight we've got a great conversation for you. But before we get into that, I just want to say Happy New Year. And I really, truly hope that each and every one of you are taking this year, 2022, very seriously and really determining what it is that you need to shift in your life and what you're focusing on in order to get different results. I know a lot of us start the new year. We're like, oh, this is going to be my year and this is what I'm going to do. And then we get off track. You got to really think and analyze why have you gotten off track with your new year's resolutions and your goals before? Think about that. Think about what the triggers are that might potentially derail you and solve for those. But if there's anything that I can do, obviously I'm the no excuses coach and I'd be God, glad to help you. Um, so I just wanted to say that and uh, just say that I hope you guys all had a safe and a Merry Christmas and you enjoyed your gifts of abundance uh, and the fact of who you get to be and uh, who you get to spend that with. And I just, I just want you to know that because for me, um, I got to spend it with my family. It was, uh, it was pretty awesome. It was just my wife and my son and myself. We weren't going to Chicago. We weren't hanging out with other people. So it was just a beautiful Christmas and we were lazy and ate bad food and drank alcohol and had sweets and had all that stuff. And as a result, I am sitting here in a shitload of pain, uh, due to inflammation, but like anything else, I'm unstoppable. Thank you and have a nice night. I'm just kidding. Oh, and by the way, uh, in case you haven't noticed, uh, yeah, if you guys aren't on TikTok, I decided to ring in the new year doing something completely uncomfortable out of my comfort zone big time. And I shaved my facial hair off. Yeah. So enjoy it while it lasts because that shit's growing back, baby. Um, actually, I'm going to grow a beard now. Not that it really matters, but uh, yeah, just having a little fun. But uh, yeah, <laughs> Robert says, uh, holy shave, Batman. Hi, Christopher. 
says everybody says hi to everybody yeah i did it completely out of my comfort zone i haven't done it in over five years and as soon as i did it uh if you don't if you haven't seen the video where i do that it's on tiktok you can follow me at no excuses coach i did it there specifically because i want to grow my tiktok uh fan base i've been told to get on tiktok so now i'm on the tiktok if you will and i'm going to do different content there than i do on instagram or facebook or anything else so uh i encourage you to go over there and follow me if you dig the stuff that i do i'm going to be doing some some more in-depth stuff and uh i'll be doing some clowning around as well so I know there's music on there and I love music. So maybe I'll be doing some air guitar. Maybe I'll be doing some singing. Maybe I'll be doing some dancing, some hoochie dancing. You want to see me dance to Britney Spears? Oops. I did it again. Just kidding. All right. I'm just trying to have a little fun here. Who wants to dance with me? Oh, Susan says, I will duet with you. Um, yeah, I will duet you. I have a lot of fans. Awesome. Awesome. I actually, my duets are off right now. Um, but yeah, I got to turn them on. I'm afraid to turn the duets on because I see what some people do to that shit. And I don't want somebody fucking duetting me because I say, you know, Hey, if you, if you want to do this and then I'm going, what, you know, blah, 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 blah. I think it'd be funny. Oh, I'm not going to twerk. I'm not going to twerk. So anyways, let's go from twerking. Let's go from twerking and Britney Spears to talking about something that's very, very, very serious. Post-traumatic stress disorder, however you want to say it, PTSD is something that affects a lot of us, depending on what types of trauma and different things that you've been through. Um, PTSD can be something that's absolutely crippling, but more importantly, it's something that together we want to have the conversation tonight to be able to discuss how it is that we can move forward from the traumatic experiences in our life, the, the, the stressful situations in our life, how we can shift our perspective to grow through those and take responsibility, honestly, for our healing. And I'm excited to have my guest on here. He's a return guest. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm excited to have him. He's an expert in the field. He is the creator of PTSD, the truth behind the smile. Ladies and gentlemen, Jean-Guy Poirier. Jean-Guy, welcome to the Ron and Scripted Show for the second time, brother. How are you doing this evening? I am doing well, Christopher. How are you doing tonight? I'm all things considered. I'm doing awesome. I'm really, I really am awesome. I hate dealing with chronic pain uh, because it's something that really like just takes away my concentration, but I'm excited to have you here tonight. And I'm really excited to start the year off with such an important conversation because when I think about PTSD, there's a lot of different things that go on in the back of my mind. Like I was telling you before we went on camera here tonight and I want to delve into some of those, but uh, for the sake of everybody here watching the show who are not familiar with you and the PTSD uh, truth behind the smile, talk to us a little bit about your journey and, and what, what caused your situation for you to develop PTSD? For sure. Um, so my PTSD stems from a few different things, obviously recurring trauma being the main, the main aspect of it. But what happened was, uh, I was a firefighter for 11 years. Um, as you could imagine, um, we, uh, we endured a lot of different trauma. We dealt with a lot of different scenes. Um, no two scenes were ever the same. And, uh, uh, what, what happens with, with that is the fact that you, the more and more you recur, these traumas reoccur, the more and more, and the closer and closer they are together, the harder and harder it is to recover. Um, there's always some time in between where you can reflect maybe and try to um, debrief and such. But um, let's face it, you know, a few hours or a couple of days of reflecting and debriefing is never enough. And, um, Hence the fact that if police officers, firefighters, paramedics, war veterans, whatever it may be, um, there's just not enough time and there's never seemed to be enough focus on recovering. Um, there's obviously a job to do and it needs to get done. And unfortunately, it's, it's only in the aftermath of it that people realize, man, I really was 
I, I was hurt or that trauma affected me or, you know, there's many, there's many things that follow it. And it's not something that you realize until you're stuck bang in the middle of it. And you're like, I should have paid a lot more attention or I wish we had more resources available or, you know, or I wish we debriefed a little bit differently. And these are things I know that departments are working on, but um, it's not something that I think will ever be hundred um, percent. No two people are the same. So it makes it a lot more difficult to understand what everybody's feeling, what everybody wants to get out of it. So um, after 11 years, I decided that um, something was not right. Um, something was wrong with me. Something was not jiving. Um, I was changing as a person. I was becoming a little more irritable. I was, uh, things were things were changing. My mind was changing. I was forgetting things. Things were just happening um, in a sequence. And something came to me one day and I thought, you know what? I think it's time to, to, to see somebody because something's not right. I mean, you know, you know, you can have people tell you over and over again about, you know, you're changing, something's different. We notice something about you, but until you realize it yourself, um, that's when I think it truly kicks in. And, and, and that's what happened. Um, I ended up seeing my doctor obviously and being referred to a mental health specialist and it goes on from there. And, um, where the truth behind the smile actually was created was um, um, I landed in the hospital for a visit of about, I think it was five days or seven days. I can't remember now. And that's where my idea came from because I'm sitting there and with nothing to do. And I'm thinking to myself, you know what? I need to find some other people that know more about PTSD. Um, these doctors understand it. They know it by the book, but they don't understand what everybody's always going through. Um, right. And that was something that I struggled with. So um, I came up with the name actually on a piece of paper and I still have it with coloring crayons. And I came up with the name, you know, the truth behind the smile. And I thought, you know what, maybe this is something where I can put myself out there. And at first this was obviously what it's come to today is nothing what I expected was going to happen back in 2017. Um, Good. <laughs> I, it, was, uh, it was definitely not where I was headed. Um, basically, what I was trying to do was get my voice out there, talk to other people, and create a group where I could talk to people that knew more about PTSD so that I could talk to people like you and I, everyday people that were struggling with it, and see what they were doing differently, what I could help them with, what they could help me with. And we kind of bounced back and forth. Well, the more I talk to people, the more I realized there's a lot of people out here that aren't speaking up. There's a lot of people out here that aren't talking about it. Um, there's nobody, not everybody wants to get in front of the camera like you and I do and, you know, talk for an hour. <laughs> Here's my life. Here's the exactly. shit I've gone through. <laughs> That's right. So Warts it all. not everybody wants to do that. So I thought, you know what? That's when I decided in early, well, probably later, late fall of 2015, I thought, you know what? Maybe I need to come on here and kind of talk about what I'm going through and that way there I can get some feedback from other people and maybe, you know, the hands will start going up and they'll be like, well, that's how I feel as well. And this is what I do. So it kind of just evolved. And really, I mean, since, since the, you know, the early, early beginnings of PTSD, the truth behind this smile, we've kind of gone on to, you know, start a couple of PTSD peer support groups. Uh, the first one that we had actually started in Stratford, um, we started that here. We've done a couple events. We do online support as well. Um, as you know, I've been guests on shows here and there. Um, so it's it's been a whole different 
feeling and it's a whole different experience because it's not where, I mean, it's never where you thought you were going to be. I mean, you can write it down on paper, you can practice it, you can rehearse it. And then when the time comes, you know, four years later now, it's not wherever, it's not somewhere where I thought I was actually going to head, right? So um, that's exciting. And the exciting part is we're, we're still helping people. We're still running peer support groups. Um, and um, we're still working on it because it's, it's, there's not a lot of help out there, I don't think. And still, it hasn't improved over the last few years. I mean, because you know, I think it, it seems to me it's more, it's not as much of a of a stigma anymore. Now it seems to be more mainstream in a way. And that's one of the things I want to talk about here in a second. It is, it is. And it's definitely, it's definitely getting more traction and it's getting more um, realism in the public eye. But the problem is the more and more people realize it's out there and they understand what it is more and more people come forward and realize that that's something that they are experiencing as well. And I just don't think that, I mean, I don't think that in Canada, maybe in North America, maybe globally that our system is ready to handle the kind of mental health crisis that we actually are in. Right. Do you, do you believe, I was thinking about this also, I, I think about the different people who have been challenged with COVID obviously, you know, I've heard about stuff going up there in Canada and obviously different parts of the, the world and here in the United States as well. Um, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, the thing I was thinking about, and I guess let me let me back up for a second. You know, when I think about PTSD, my first my first thoughts of it are, are veterans, you know, post-traumatic stress disorder. They're coming back, you know, people like you said in, in uh, the police force, firemen, stuff like that. But now what I'm hearing, and I don't want to say this insensitively. So please, anybody listening to this, please do not take this insensitively. But I feel like so many people are now coming out and saying, oh, I have PTSD. That's why I can't do this. I have PTSD because I can't, I can't do this. For me, it seems like, and I'll ask them like, oh, you know, what, what did you go through? And I don't want to diminish anything that anybody has gone through. But to me, it seems like some people are using that, that, that label to an excuse for why they're not doing something or why they're fearful or anything like that. What are your thoughts on that? Do you, do you find that people are doing um, that? Or is it is, when somebody says that, should we really take it as legit? You know, it's a, that's a great question, Christopher. And it's a tough call because yeah. As you said it, you know, you don't want to demean what anybody's feeling, what anybody's thinking. Um, we're all our own people. We all experiencing experiencing things differently. Right. Um, but I do understand where you're coming from. And I do run into people that um, that do, unfortunately, I think, use it as a crutch or as a reason. And I don't think truthfully they're using it as a reason not to do it. I think they're using it as a reason to not improve themselves. They don't think mm -hmm. they can improve themselves. They think, you know what, a lot of these people honestly are likely are probably stuck um, and they don't know which direction to go. Um, let's face it, you are, this is, a this is a disorder or a mental illness where you're fighting within your own mind. You are literally fighting against, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're literally fighting against yourself. Um, and you're telling your mind one thing and your mind is like, you know what? No, I think we're going to stay up tonight and think about all the bad shit you've ever done or you've ever been through. Right. And you're like, no, 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 I'm, I feel, I feel better today. Right. And your mind turns around and goes, no, I don't think you feel better today. I think this is what we have to do today. We are going to worry about everything that could possibly happen to you in any situation that you put yourself into. Realistically, that's never going to happen. I mean, what is it? 90% of the things we worry about never actually even happen. Amen. Right? So 
to think about, to look at it that way, I mean, do some people use it as an excuse? Maybe. Um, I'm not one to to say, hey, you're using it as an excuse, you're using it as a crutch, right? Everybody that comes to me, um, I take everybody at face value and I try to work with anybody that we possibly can. Obviously, some people, some people don't want to do the work. And mm -hmm. those are the people, obviously, that are making up reasons or not even reasons, excuses. Um, so the excuses are are exactly what it is. It's an excuse. It's not a reason that they cannot do it. It's There's other things that are boggling through their minds, I guess. Um, but I think the real reason sometime is I can't do it because I don't know how. Or mm -hmm. I can't do it because... I don't know which direction I need to go or how to get started. And you know what? I understand that. And I understand that, but I mean, and we could get to this, we can get into this later, but it's where that mind shift, where that mindset shift has to come from. It's where that turning around, doing a 180 and going, wait a minute. And this is what I did in early 2000, late 2017. I said to myself, I can sit here and I can let PTSD take a hold of me. And I can watch it drag me through the rest of my life going, you know what, this really sucks, you know, or I can say, wait a minute, what can I do with this? Because right. I mean, and that's what I mean, and there's don't get me wrong, there's a lot of people that you know grab a hold of something that has harmed them or done them wrong, turn it around and created something better out of it, right? And mm -hmm. like I said, this is was not the intention back in 2017 to create what we have here today, but the intention was to learn a little more. And then what developed from that was, hey, wait a minute, there's a lot of people that could use some help and we're better to get it than from a peer. So let's get off the couch, you know, stop eating our Cheetos and our potato chips and get off the couch and do something, right? I mean... I was off for a couple of years um, after diagnosis, so I had some time. So what did I do all the time? I put my headphones on. I put, I only put positive thought, positive tunes, positive podcasts, whatever it was, into my ears, and I dove into the page. And that's kind of where it began. And kind of getting back to what you were saying, I kind of got off topic, but there are people out there that I think it's a matter of, most of the people, I think it's a matter of they need more direction. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's really, it's really about what you're talking about here is you're, you took responsibility, you took action. It's the thing I've been talking about the AAA thing. It's like, you have to be aware of something. Like you said, I have to be aware. And then yep. you have to, then you have to really decide um, that you're willing to accept the situation from where you're at. And part mm -hmm. of that is accepting and taking responsibility, not placing blame. And I think that's where yeah. people get so messed up is they, they get this awareness. Like, okay, I realize I'm struggling. Like you said, I'm not feeling myself. I'm going to go see a doctor, which was smart on your part. And then there's that, 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 um, that acceptance. And I, I think that part is where, okay, I'm just going to blame this and use this as a victim, as a victim status, or I'm going to turn this around. Like much of us have done here on the Ron and scripted show, the audience, mm -hmm. we've taken this and repurposed this to say, what can I do to, to build strength out of this and resiliency and to be able to help other people go through the same thing and help gain my, increase my knowledge. So I applaud you because that's the thing that pisses me off so much about people, irregardless of what diagnosis or where they're at in their life. So many people sit there and say, I don't know what to do, or I can't do something. And my response is, if you don't think you can do it, then you're never going to be able to do it. So we have to shift that. And what is the way we're going to shift that? You shift it by getting educated, by, by changing the inputs of what it is that's coming into your life. 
Yeah. Talk to us, Jean-Guy, about the importance of who we surround ourselves with in that 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 situation, because I could see that if we're surrounding ourselves with with people who are are that really love us and want us that are willing to tell us the hard truth about us to be able to get us to, to grow versus the people that will placate us and and become, I guess, what's that word um, um, where you 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 um, you take care of other people um, codependence you know, codependency and stuff like that. Talk to us about the importance of the people that were in your life. I know your mom is here. Thank you very much for being here, Diana. Um, so I recognize that, but you know, talk to us about the importance of, of who we surround ourselves with and being able and recognizing to make the choice to do the hard work. Well, for starters, I think what we need to realize is as soon as we are diagnosed with a mental illness, um, not, not realizing it at first, but what's going to happen is you're going to lose a lot of your circle. Um, and the reason for that is, I think, is not out of people not wanting to be around you, but I think the more effect is people don't understand it. And when people don't understand it, they might back off um, and they might shy away because they don't know how to talk to you. They don't know how to relate to you. They don't know what's going on. And to be honest with you, um, at the beginning, my circle did shrink. Um, I mean, uh, that kind of happened on its own and it is what it is. Um, I've come to realize why it happened. Um, I don't blame anybody for it. Um, there are friendships that, um, I rekindled. There are some that never, never came back, which is fine. Um, that's not something I dwell on, but what happens is you need to, and you, you nailed it. You need to look at your circle of friends or your circle of family members. And you, and the hardest part is deciding for yourself. And I had to do this back in early 2018, decide for yourself, who can I bring along with me? That's going to help me. Um, who can I bring along with me? Who's going to listen? I may not need them to understand, but I need them to listen. Right. Um, right. I mean, not everybody understands this. This is not for, this is not for everybody, and it's not something that even we fully understand yet. Um, but who am I going to bring with me? Who can I bring with me that understands me? And who's going to be there when I'm? Who's going to still be there when I'm down and out? Right. And I need and I need that you know that lift up again. So what's very important, like I said, is you got to negate or you got to get rid of all the negativity. Very very difficult. How do you do that? With social media nowadays, it's very, it's almost impossible to do it. Um, but what I did was, yes, I was on social media. I put a lot of time into the page, but I also kept these things on. Not as fancy, obviously, but I had these things on. And I made sure that, you know, I was pumping in some Russell Branson. I was pumping in some Gary V. I was pumping mm -hmm. in whatever I needed to do. I mean, and at that time, I was also learning how to meditate and do other things, right? So that I could bring myself back to being calm and relaxed. Um, but it's important to, it's a puzzle. And you have to make sure that every piece is coming together. And, and obviously, you don't lose any. Because as soon as you lose a piece to this puzzle, you almost have to start all over again. Um, but what happened was starters closed my circle, closed my circle to family members. And to be honest with you, there were family members that, and I don't know how to say this, so I'm just going to say it. There were family members that would pretty much say to me, it's going to be okay. 
that is the last thing that we needed to hear um, at the time was it was going, it's going to be okay. Because the last thing I'm thinking in my mind is this shit is not going to be okay. This is awful. It's almost like, like there, there, they pat you on the head and go there, there. It was, it was difficult. And um, there were, I mean, there wasn't a lot of people uh, that did that, thankfully, but there was some, and they were family members that, you know, obviously loved and cared for me and wanted the best for me. But in reality, the last thing at times I needed to hear was it's going to be okay because I mean, like you don't fucking understand. <laughs> you don't understand nobody, the war that's going on and, in my brain right now. And exactly. And the only people that did understand were a few good people that I, that, I hooked up with post post traumatic growth, which was a, um, a group out of Guelph that did in Guelph, Ontario here that did, um, police fire paramedics. It was a small group of men, um, that got together. Uh, there was a few people that are there. There was Carl Waggett from bunker gear for your brain. He was there as yeah. well. So there were people cool. that I could bounce ideas off of that weren't patting me on the back going, it's going to be okay, brother. Right. Because I knew that in reality, it, it likely will be okay, but it's going to take a hell of a long time and it's going to take a hell of a lot of work. So mm-hmm. that's where I come down to the positive, the positivity piece, a uh, piece of the puzzle, the shortening or closing in your circle with people that are going to be there for you, no matter what there are going to, they're not going to feed you with the fluffy bullshit like that you mentioned, right? They're not going to do that. They are going to be there whenever you are down and out. Because if you don't have that group, if you don't have those people, then what are you going to do? You're going to turn to the people that don't really listen. You're going to turn to the people. And by people, I mean substances. I mean Mm. things that are not listening to you. They're not helping you, but they're numbing it. Right? And sometimes, I mean, I drifted down that road a little bit. Um, I mean, it never got crazy serious and never got into any trouble but there was a time where i was like yeah numbing it feels a lot better because really (laughs) it it does right um obviously we're gears beyond that and there's so many resources now that i can tap into and so many things that i share with my group um, that are other ways to reach out and talk to people but people need to come together people need to realize that it's okay to only have three or four people in that group. That's fine. Mm-hmm. Right. Having 10, 15, 20 people that you can count on, that can be a little bit overloading, but yeah. having a few, is just great. The positivity, number two, the number three, and this is the biggest one is the mindset yeah. is knowing that. And, and I had a hard time kind of, practicing what I preach. Well, I didn't have a hard time practicing it, but I had a hard time preaching it to my group and to my team because a lot of the times it probably came off as really annoying. Um, a lot of the times no it probably came no off way. as how the heck is this guy talking about so much positive stuff? Or why is he telling us to listen to this? Why is he telling us to listen to this? Why is it? Well, you know what? If I'm listening to it and you're doing it over and over and over again, that's what you're going to talk about. Right. And that's what you're going to reverberate or give to other people. That's what's going to happen. So the more you bring it in, the more you're going to put it out. And when you surround yourself with good people, then they're going to breathe that in as well. And as hard as it is with social media, um, 
it can be done, right? <laughs> you can avoid you can avoid the negativity. I mean, I do I do still even to this day. I do pick up news highlights. Do I read a lot of news? No. Do I watch no. the news? No. Um, what do I do when I want to listen to something different? I go to Spotify. I look at my podcasts. I mean, I find something that's interesting or I find something that's new. Simon Sinek as well. Um, yeah. um, my partner um, introduced me to Simon Sinek, which I was like, wow, this guy. I mean. Big enough why? Big enough how? Exactly. I mean, mm-hmm. this guy is. Why? Exactly. He's got it. I mean, he wouldn't say he's got it figured out, but when I listen to him, I'm like, this guy's got it figured out. Like he, you know, you can sit down with him and he can tell, you can talk about something for just six minutes. And you're like, I got it. You exactly. know, I get it. Right. I mean, so there's so many pieces of the puzzle and it's important that people know that there are ways to turn it around. There are ways it. to, there's ways to figure it out. We did it. You just gotta, you gotta get in there. You gotta get in You gotta get dirty. I mean, that's the, that's right? the thing about there'd be people like don't want to accept responsibility. They don't want to, Oh, Chris, it's too much. It's too hard. It's too hard. Like it's, it's again, it's about what you put into your mindset. If you tell yourself it's going to be too hard, then you're not going to want to do it. You're going to go to those short-term gratifications. But here's the thing, ladies and gentlemen, when, when you do something that's hard and challenging, I ask people this all the time. They don't want to do it. It's hard. And I'm like, tell me, and be honest, when did you grow the most? When things were super easy or when things were challenging? Oh, well, I see your point when they were challenging. Okay. What did you learn through those challenging times that helped you help other people through those challenges? Well, there was this time when I helped. Okay. So you see the benefit of doing that, right? Okay. Yes. So it's just a matter of, like you said, shifting what it is that we're focusing on, accepting responsibility to get in there and to do the work like you are, you know, it's easy to sit back and go, Oh, I just want to see what they're going to do. I need a pill for this. Or, you know, I, you know, that victimhood stuff just drives yep. me absolutely crazy. Um, so yeah, it is about taking responsibility. I want to grab some of these comments right here. Thank you guys all for being here. Um, you guys are here, you beautiful people. Uh, like I said, we got Diana in the house. Thank you so much for being here, Diana, and sharing this out. We got Robert in the house. Um, Susan Day says here, I have PTSD and fibromyalgia as well as arthritis and I am pain all the time. You can definitely understand Susan, you're a warrior. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a situation of deciding if my, am I a warrior or am I a warrior, uh, to quote a friend, friend of mine, um, Derek's in the house says, Hey brother, I believe, uh, you know, Derek Marshall. Um, and, um, let's see what else we got here. Uh, we got Robert in the house. Uh, Andrea says here, sorry, I missed it. I will definitely go back and watch it again. I think she's referring to maybe the beginning of the show. Um, and Derek says, and you did. And Mary Kay, my beautiful sister from another mister, she says, I think employers of first responders could do better to support. Absolutely. A hundred percent. I think hopefully they're making strides in that situation. Uh, Derek says, was proud to be on camera with you because I know you've been having other people lead your, your, your rooms. And we had talked about that a few years ago, or at least last year talked about stuff like that. So I'm proud of you for doing that, for relinquishing the, the reins. Uh, Andrea says here, my daughter has PTSD, anxiety, and depression. She's 25 and now she's doing much better. That is awesome, Andrea. I would love put in the comments what uh, what she's done to help herself because one of the other things I want to talk about is alternative therapies here in a minute. But uh, I just want to get uh, uh, get some comments. Robert says here, if I was unable to help others, I am not certain I would still be here. Amen, Robert. Amen. You are a living example, man, of being a warrior, not a warrior. Uh, Diana says you have come a long way, Aaron. Now doing an amazing job helping others with PTSD. All right, mom, love that. Um, Let's see what we got here. She said, well, said dear. I love it. Um, Derek says, best thing. That's totally off script. (laughs) Yeah. 
Um, uh, best thing I ever did was realize it. Yes. And I want to talk about that in a little, here in a little, in a little bit. Uh, Robert's got some amazing comments here. I'm going to go back and, uh, and, um, and check. She says, you're always there for you. Uh, Susan says, LOL. My family said, well, everyone in the family has it. Um, yeah. Uh, Deborah's in the house. She says, looking good. Christopher Roush. How's it feel out of your comfort zone? <laughs> yeah. I, I don't like it. I don't even like looking at that part of the screen. Cause then I look over there. I'm like, oh yeah, I only got another couple of weeks and it'll be back. Uh, but yes, out of my comfort zone. Absolutely. Not a big deal. My son's still freaking out, but cause he never seen me like that. Uh, Derek says here, same page, buddy. Got Ray in the house. He says, good evening, Misfits for Life. Thank, good evening, Ray. Thank you for being here. Uh, I know Ray's been through his fair share of challenges. So, Ray, if you have any ideas on how people can uh, realize, accept, and take action on their PTSD, we'd love your comments in here as well. Um, Lee says here, Cynic is great. Absolutely. When I, when I heard one of his YouTube talks, or maybe it was his TED Talk, way back in the day when we were talking about why, I was like, wow, he so succinctly says that. And the other thing he does a great job of talking about is the millennials. Have you ever mm. seen his, his discussion on the millennials? Oh, yeah. He so perfectly states, you know, like everybody's like the millennials, yeah. they need to do this. And they're, they're, they're the, they're the, they're the wan -wan society and all this other bullshit. You go, you go watch Simon Sinek and talk about that. You'll change your perspective really super quick. Mm -hmm. um, Deborah says here, watch the classics on YouTube, Zig or Victor Frankel, any of the greats, absolutely. Victor Frankel, uh, man search for meaning is absolutely mm -hmm. phenomenal. Um, thank you guys for your comments and, and, and please ask any questions you might have for, for, for Jean Guy as well. Now, when I think about this, Jean Guy, PTSD, I think about, okay, <clears throat> military veterans and everybody else, like we've talked about, what is the difference between some people going through traumatic experiences and, and identifying themselves as having PTSD, where some other people can go through the same experiences, but say they're fine. Like for me, example, when I was thinking about this tonight, I'm like, I've been through a lot of stressful stuff and a lot of traumatic stuff. But for me personally, I don't believe I have PTSD. I think I have had anxiety about situations and I've learned my lessons about being in control and having to have certainty, but I don't necessarily identify myself as someone who's had PTSD, whether it's pain or anything else. What's the difference between some people doing the same exact thing and having it and some people not? At the best I can, it's, it's very easily explained because what the way I look at it is the way you get the common cold, the way you get the common flu, and the way your symptoms come about are different than the way I feel when I have a common cold, different when I feel I have a common flu. I realize that our brain is a lot more complex than that. But what happens is you may come upon, we're both firefighters. You come upon a scene where there's been a fatality, um, say in, a, in a, an NBC, a car accident. And the next day or two days down the road, you're great. You feel okay, you know two days, three days down the road, my mind's still trying to process it. It's trying to figure out, wait a minute, what really happened there? I don't feel good about that. I mean, and this isn't all happening consciously. This is all happening subconsciously. Um, because wow. realize, between you and I, after I left that call and got to the fire hall um, and got you know undressed and got ready to go back to my home, once that evening passed, the next day, I wasn't thinking about it anymore. Yes, don't get me wrong. Some calls stick to you. Some calls stay with you for a long time um, and, and they don't go away. And those are hard to process. But when it comes down to it, I think the easy part to easiest way to explain it is we all process things differently and our brains process things differently. And just because you could have been on the fire department twice as long as I was and not come out with PTSD 
because of the way your brain processes those things, right? What happens is when your brain doesn't process them properly, and I'm just going, obviously, this is all by my own experience. Um, this right. We're not medical experts. I, we're not health exactly. experts. Go, go That's right. Disclaimer, disclaimer, go, go see your oh, professional. Exactly. Yeah. Make sure <laughs> you see your doctor. Conversation. Yeah. But the way I explain it is it's the way my brain processes. It. And not only did I think that, you know what? I, I don't know, understand, because your doctor will sit down with me and they'll say, well, what about all these traumatic events that you've been to? Have you thought about them? No. Why can't I, why can't I process them? Again? Because you're not thinking about them consciously. You're thinking about them subconsciously and your brain's still going, what do we do about this? We don't like the way it was left. How can we process it? But between you and I, I wasn't thinking about these things. I can pull out probably half a dozen calls in my 11 years and go, I can remember those. But then when it comes to others, I'm like, I feel, I feel fine. You know, those, those are, you know, but it's the recurring. It's the fact that after two or three days or four days or six days or whatever it was, my brain was still trying to figure out what the hell was going on. And I threw another trauma on top of it. And then another trauma on top of it and another trauma on top of it. And it just, and Derek's on here and he says, you know, absolutely the same feeling as a cop. They just keep pouring on and pouring on and pouring on. It's kind of have like, you know, having a bucket and you just keep filling up, filling up, filling up, filling it up. And if you're not emptying it and relieving some of that stress, it's going to overflow someday. Mm-hmm. And then when it overflows, yeah, that's when the shit hits the fan and it's time to talk to someone about it. So as plainly as I can ex- explain it, none of us are the same and our minds all work differently. And for those people that develop PTSD, I think it's simply because we process it different or we're unable to process it in the way other people do. Gotcha. Gotcha. When you think about the success of the truth behind the smile and everything, everybody you've worked with and all the amazing work you've done with people talk to us about some success stories, you know, maybe some people that you met were that were, were not feeling so secure and safe and whatever the situations were talk to us about some of the things that they implemented that, that helped them uh, overcome and help them to better manage. I know you don't cure PTSD, mm-hmm. but you're able to manage it and you're able to continue on with your life. Talk to us about some of those situations where uh, you were involved and uh, perhaps we can inspire some people who might be experiencing the same. Um, sure. Um, I have a couple people that are still in my group, um, that, uh, whenever they joined the group back in the person I'm thinking of right now, back in probably early 2019, I believe I started that in what fall of 18. So yeah, early 2019, um, this person came to the group, didn't speak too much didn't want to share too many feelings, um, was definitely stuck, um, <clears throat> had been suffering from PTSD and uh, other mental health issues for, I think, almost 30 years. Um, <sighs> and and obviously had done some therapies, done some treatment. Nothing really was hitting at home um, for this person. Um, so peer support, working with the group, working with ourselves, explaining kind of what you know, I've gone through how I've dealt with it, what I've done. Um, this person now, <laughs> I mean, and as soon as I tell you the story, you're going to know exactly who I'm talking about. But this person now helps me run this page. Um, she has a show on Thursday nights um, called Trust to Process with Christine. She now gets in front of the camera um, and does her own show where before 
she won't even say boo in 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 our group meetings, right? Um, so she's taken a hold of it, and she's taken the the um, the feeling same feeling I explained earlier that yeah, I could sit here and go, this really sucks, and I can keep letting it pull me down and pull me down, or yeah. I could figure something out and grab a hold of something else. And the reason you know the reason she believes that she's successful in doing what she's doing now and getting in front of the camera and helping us here on the page. It's because, and I'll explain this better in a minute, but she feels as though she's passionate about it. And she thinks as though if she can help just one person, as we all hope that we can do, um, right. help one person change the way they're feeling or change the way they're thinking about it, then maybe, you know, that'll help her. And what I wanted to get to um, earlier, and I didn't mention it, was I really think that we do some of our best work when we're at our lowest. Oh, yeah. Um, I truly Fight think fly, that, yeah, I truly think that, and I'd only realized this not too long ago when I've been sharing with other people, but I truly think that when we're down and out, this thing's really, really working its ass off. And it's trying <laughs> to figure out, right? It's trying to figure out as much as you think it's not helping you at the time. Um, it's trying to figure out what it can do or what it can change right as long now don't get me wrong as long as you have that positive mindset and as long as you're looking at things the right way because let's face it if you're not in the right mindset this thing is not helping you at all um it's It's doing the the exact exactly it's doing the exact opposite right so that's one success story um um, i'm trying to think of some others i'm sure i have a bunch um really i mean to be honest with you the support group is a success story in its own. And I don't mean success story as my group, but success story as the people that are able to come forward. They're able to meet people in person and they're able to sit in a room of 15, 17 of their peers and talk about what's going on. Um, there are people that sit there you know, week after week and, and don't say anything. Um, and it's funny because some people will say, well, how are they when they don't say anything well you know what those people i think are taking it all in those people right. are probably learning probably figuring it out or before they actually deliver before they actually because let's face it when you get in that room um obviously there's that nervous feeling and there's that also feeling of i don't want anybody to think i'm weird or i don't want anybody to think that I don't have PTSD or I don't really think that. And the biggest fear for a lot of people I think is, well, my PTSD, I don't think it's as bad as your PTSD. Right. And that happens. So that happened. Yeah. Comparisons. Thank you. Then that happens so many times and nobody is to judge whose PTSD is worse or better or whatever it may be than somebody else's. We talked about at the beginning about possibly being a crutch or a reason Mm-hmm. That's all part of the fold. I get it. I think there's all kinds of fuss floating around. That's all part of the fold. <laughs> but um, it's not a reason to not put in the work. And I've seen so many people come in into my group and out. And I'm, you know, I'm proud of. Excuse me. I'm proud of so many of them because they've stepped out of their they've stepped out of their comfort zone. Right. They've stepped out of their comfort circle. And they've either got in front of camera or they've gotten, you know, um, I have one guy that works with us as well on the page and he 
has a hard time socially. He has a hard time getting out and doing other things, right? So he tries to fill his time with other stuff. And kind of the, one of the last things he ever expected that he'd be doing was be jumping in front of a camera um, and talking about what he's done this week and what he's doing differently and how he can help other people. So it's those changes that I look at. And it's, it's when I look back on how these people were two years ago, three years ago, you don't think about, you don't look at the progress. It's funny because we don't see the progress as it's happening. Right. We see it, you know, year, two years, three years, whatever, down the road. And we look back and, you know, I wish I could remember all of the points, right? But the main thing that remember is this is where they were. This is where they are now. And that's all we can be thankful for, I think. Mm. Mm, I love it, man. I love it. We've already been talking for 44 minutes, dude. It's crazy. Oh, wow. <laughs> well, a, a little bit. I mean, I talked for a little bit in the beginning, but uh, uh, Diane says here, she goes, uh, yeah, I'm talking about Chrissy. She does a great show each week. Yes, yes, yes. We got Scott Goyan in the house. Says two superstars. What's up, Scott? Good to see you. Good to see you. Um, Susan says here, I've not been out of my house much for months. Um, is that a good thing or is that a bad thing, Jean-Guy? Well, I'm going to say something, and I, I know we were going to touch on it at some point here, but... Let's go. It's not... Obviously, it's not a good thing. Um, unfortunately, um, especially up here in Canada, uh, COVID restrictions and things that are tying us down and holding us down, which obviously, for reasons, um, and I understand them, and I get them, we have to do what we have to do to to get to get better and to, to get on with making sure we can do what's right to, to get rid of this thing. Not that we're going to get rid of it, but you know what I mean? We need to all oh, yeah, our part, yeah. right? do our part, but also take care of ourselves. Absolutely. Exactly. I mean, I, but that's the one thing I kept me saying was, was going out during the lockdowns and stuff like that. I would still go out for a drive or for a walk, mm -hmm. just something. I just kept getting, I was so glad because when it first, when you first could start associating with people again, I felt social anxiety. I was like, Oh my God. Yep. So I was so glad that I did it. Any, I went out anyway. And that's a, and that's a part of it. And what I want to tell Susan, right? Susan day, yeah. I think it mm -hmm. was. Yep. What I want to explain to you, Susan, is this is something my doctor explained to me three years ago. And what he said to me was, because I didn't want to get out of the house either. I didn't want to run into people. I didn't want to talk to people. I just wanted to, and I was kind of using it as an excuse, but I just wanted to be in my own little bubble at the time and work on the page and just keep trying to focus. What my doctor says to me is, why don't you want to get out and walk? And I told him, I told him what my reasons were. He said, I'm going to tell you one thing. What if 10% of you wants to walk? What if 90% of you says, I don't feel like walking today, but five or 10% of you says, you know what? I want to walk. What you need to do, because most of us, I think, make our decision within what? Six seconds or seven seconds. Our mind less you know, than five decides, seconds, usually. Yeah, Three decides, seconds what usually. decides what it's going to do. Right. Um, so in that time where you decide, okay, I'm going to go for a walk, get up, get your shoes on, step out the door, right? I four, three, two, one, exactly. no Robbins and, and go. And what happens then is, and my doctor explained it, that if you get to that point, obviously step off the curb and go for a walk. Part of you may get halfway down the road and go, no, 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 not today. The other party is probably like, you know what? Yeah, I'm going to keep going. And what's going to happen is you're going to change that mindset once you're out. And you're going to be like, you know what? Yeah, about 20 or 30% of me now wants to go for this walk. And as you keep going, you know, you realize, what was I doing? 
this doesn't have to happen. Really, this, yes. This, you know, you yes. realize it, and 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 for Susan, you're not going to realize it until you, unfortunately, until you do it. Um, right. And I knew somebody that couldn't get off his front porch. Um, he'd step outside, and he was like, "Nope, not today, not today, not today." And it went on and on and on. And then he realized that, well, even though if I don't want to, we all do things at times that we don't want to. But but this thing that I don't want to do, it could benefit me, and it can only benefit me if I if I do it right. It's not going to benefit anybody else. It's going to benefit me if I get out and I go for a walk. So why don't I just give it a shot? Why don't I just step off these steps and go for a walk? And so he did, right? And every day he went a little further and a little further and a little further and a little further, and he overcome that. He overcome the the anxiety. He overcome the fact that you know what? I don't need to sit on the couch all day. I don't need to sit in the house and have these on all day. I just put them on and go for a walk. Right. Excuse me. That works as well. So the important thing is to, to try to push that doubt out, to try to get rid of the doubt that you don't want to go and try just to, let's face it. We do shit every day that, you know, whether it be at work or wherever it is that we don't want to do. I don't feel like being nice to people, but I'm nice to them anyway. (laughs) Exactly. But (laughs) it's a matter of, it's a matter of taking hold. And I understand where Susan's coming from. Um, I've had people in my group that felt the same way. Um, it's about looking at the positive. Well, it's nice out. I can get some fresh air. I can get some exercise. I mean, I can put on my headphones and I could listen to, you know, I can listen to Christopher Rausch. I can listen to whoever I want Yay. and I can go for a walk. Right. So that's important. I think that's something that everybody should try. Um, I'm not going and this is kind of a, a flip-flop here because I know a lot of people will be told when you feel like shit, go for a walk. I'm not that guy. I'm not saying get outside and go for a walk when you feel like shit. That's not where I'm oh, going with it. <laughs> I do. I don't want to say that because I hear about that from a lot of people. Well, I'll just go for a walk. Well, I'll just go for a walk. And I'm like, I'll, I go for walks. I walk. I do walk, right? And it's the people that don't get out there, I think, that need to need to give it a shot because in my toughest times, I mean, when I wasn't staying in the house, I mean, I'd leave at 9, 10 in the morning. I couldn't come back till 2, 3, 4 in the afternoon. I'd walk uptown and I'd walk around town and I'd walk everywhere, right? Because I just, I, I mean, I kept my head up and my, and my head down and my hood on and Right. Just did my thing, and I didn't want to run into anybody, but that's okay. I didn't want to run into anybody, but at least I was out walking. So I think that's a really important step for yeah. sure. Well, I mean, what you're talking about is getting out of your comfort zone. I mean, that's that's one thing we all do. I mean, I mean, mine's mine's a yep. small example, but yeah, I mean, I, that's that's for you guys watching this and listening to this. Uh, Mel Robbins, not related to Tony Robbins, five four three two one. Go watch her TED talk about that. Go read her book, 54321, or listen to it on Audible. It's so massively important because if we sit there and make the best intention, like, okay, John Gee, I'm going to get up tomorrow. I'm going to get up tomorrow at five o'clock and I'm going to work out. Five o'clock, we have the best intentions. Five o'clock comes along and we go, bing, 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 bing. Oh, if I just get five more minutes of sleep, yep. the walk would be so much better. And we hit it. Oh, well, it's too late now. I guess I'll do it tomorrow. 
Five, four, three, two, one says you have to, within those first five seconds, you have to get up and start moving. If nothing else, put your shoes on. Okay. If you put your shoes on, you still want to go back to bed, then by all means go do that. But once you start taking those actions and you put yourself in the process, you start getting a little, wow, this feels really good. And I've talked to so many people about that. I'm like, just please go take a walk right now. I promise you Mm. a little bit of sunshine, go listen to a podcast, go listen to something inspirational, go listen to a playlist that you like. 99.9% of the time people come back like, oh my God, Chris, I'm so glad I did that. I need to do more of that. Even hydration. I'll tell people, I come much water you drink oh i really don't drink very much water do me a favor for the next week just for the next week drink half your body weight in ounces of water every single day look at he's taking his water good job that was a subliminal suggestion that was nlp right there <laughs> that's I right um but you know it's just a matter of doing that and they've hydrated themselves like oh my god i didn't realize you know how lethargic i was i didn't realize all these things just from hydrating so yeah. yes definitely taking going out and taking responsibility for your actions you got to do that got princeton clark in the house he says it all starts with the first step be brave and love yourself enough to take the first steps and challenge yourself to do a little bit more daily amen princeton amen thank you for being here man i appreciate you um i'm not going to go about koreans cook some great food because i'm not sure what that relates to robert (laughs) um but uh yes 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 um uh susan says here she says i want in we're trying to get you out susan we want to get you out not want in but i think she says she wants in in the, the, the page so i think uh one of the things we could definitely do here is we could post the links to there but uh man we've already been talking and jamming for 52 minutes um yeah angel says here get up and make your bed get up and make your bed i make my bed every single day real why because i love to go in there at night and see it all nicely made and get ready just to go get cozy and to enjoy my slumber but uh man this has been an excellent conversation with you um if you had a microphone to the world and you really wanted to help people during this COVID time and everything else the anxiety the stress the 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 futuring if you will of what could potentially happen what would you say right now to the people who are struggling with that with all of those things to be able to recognize the signposts and perhaps potentially proactively go get some help I think the biggest thing I would say, um, and, it, and it's it's hard to accept this for some people that are struggling, that are stuck right now, but take your time. It's not it's not a race. Um, obviously, we don't all, we all we don't want to be stuck. Um, it's not a good feeling. Um, it's not a good feeling to be obviously depressed or anxious about going out. But you didn't occur these traumas overnight. So the feeling is not going to go away overnight. Um, So it's important that you take your time. Um, I know we talk about, and that's what I wanted to hit on when I was talking to Susan, was the fact that it's important to get out. And if for people suffering with mental health is, we tell them to get out and be social. And during COVID, we're telling you to stay in. (laughs) So... (laughs) I realize we can get out on our own. We can't socialize, but we can go for walks. We can do whatever we want to do in that aspect of it. Go sit by the river, sit by the lake, whatever, wherever you are. But we're telling people one thing and society is telling us to stop doing that right now because it's not safe or there's, you know, you, you could potentially, you know, get sick or whatever it may be, mm. but it's hard to tell people what we're trying. Cause we know it works right? I know it works. Do I have all the tools? No, but I know what you need to do to get going. And what I would tell people is, and I I try to say this in as respectful way as I can is just take your time, get the resources that you need, because there are some out there. If you don't know where they are, reach out to a mental health page, PTSD page, wherever you may be, 
and start talking to some people. Um, because as soon as you start talking to people and as soon as you start telling your story and other people start nodding and the hands are going up, you start feeling a little bit better about, about yourself. And you start mm-hmm. feeling a little better about, you know, I'm not the only one. I'm not the only person that feels like this. And of course you are not the only person that feels like this, but when you're stuck, that's exactly how you feel. So use some resources as hard as it is to find them between you and I, there are enough PSD and mental health pages on Facebook that you can link up with somebody, shoot me a message, shoot me a private message, whatever it may be. I can get you into our, our, our zoom peer support group as well. Um, and we can go from there. Um, but we can, you know, I can bounce some ideas. I mean, even, you know, four or five years into my diagnosis, do I still struggle? Of course I do. But the only difference is for me and other people that are starting their journey right now is I started earlier, no fault of anybody. It just happened sooner for me and I've accumulated more of my toolbox. Yes. And, and what people don't realize is they really, you know, well, I don't have the tools that it takes. Ask somebody, ask somebody that's going through it, get them, get them. Yeah. Cause you know what? They're out there. I'm not sitting here. Eric's not sitting here. The other people in the group that aren't sitting here because they didn't use the tools. They're sitting here because they did use the tools. Right. So that's, that's kind of what I would say to everybody. Awesome. jean where can people get a hold of you? Speaking of, of the pages and everything else, we're going to get a hold yeah. of you. So they can get a hold of me. I mean, obviously my name is exactly how it's spelled. Um, you can get a hold of me at yeah, PTSC, the truth behind the smile on Facebook. Um, the same hashtag or the same title, Twitter and Instagram as well. Um, if you want to private message me, my name is as per, you can reach me on Facebook that way. Um, if you message the page, you might get Christine or David as well. They are perfectly capable of handling um, anything that I can handle as well. So reach out to one of us and we can definitely get you in the group. We can get you in our private group as well, where it's a little more, I mean, I think we have 35 or 3,600 followers right now on the page, but if you come into the group, when you come into the group, there's only about 250 people. So it's a little more tight knit, right? It's a little more closer and there's not as much, um, you don't see all the content, but it's more of a place where people can focus on kind of talking to each other. And we've got a couple of therapists in there. We've got people with experience. We've got police officers, firefighters. We have other, all kinds of people in there that can definitely help. So that's a great way to get in touch with us as well. That is awesome. That is awesome. And guys, take it from me. Jean-Guy is the the real deal. So please, please connect with him. Get on his page. Support what he's got going on. Uh, you are a massive mover and shaker. I see what you're doing. I see the lives you're impacting, brother. Keep, keep doing that. I love the fact that you took Thank responsibility you. Um, and that you're you're continuing that growth journey each and every day. Being on the Ron and Scripted Show for the second time, sharing your message, man. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You're brilliant. I appreciate you. You always know that any support I can provide you, I'm there for you 100%. Uh, we've had lots of conversations off camera let's just say that so yeah i believe in you sure. brother and uh definitely definitely love you and appreciate you so i'm gonna put awesome. you backstage here for a second and i'm gonna close out the show but don't go anywhere and then uh all right thank we'll, you so we'll, much we'll, for having me you got it brother you got it there you have it ladies and gentlemen boys and girls uh 59 minutes and one second 
the Ron and Scripted Show. Again, talking about a very serious subject tonight. If you find yourself that you align with some of the things that Sean Gee said tonight, please, like I said before, connect with them. But, you know, more importantly, out of this conversation, I hope that you realize no matter what situation you're in in your life, you, me, us, we have the power to change what it is that we're focusing on. We have the power to change who it is that we're associating with. We have the opportunities to go out there and seek information at our fingertips. I'm gonna get a little rough with you guys. If you have one of these, I personally don't believe that there's any excuse for not knowing something. If you're struggling with something, please go search it out. Please get thirsty and hungry. YouTube has all of the information. It's a matter of you digesting it and applying it. Trust me to this morning, I was sitting there doing my workout. I'm in excruciating pain. I put on a motivational video and I watched it for 20 minutes. It was a, it was a mashup of Gary Vaynerchuk, Andy Versella, Ed Milet, Tom Billyu. It was great. It was great. So like John Gee said, you never fully recover from any particular situation you've been through. Here's the thing. You have more tools and resources to be able to draw upon to say, okay, listen, I feel like this is happening. We didn't even jump into, into tonight of talking about triggers. So if you know certain situations will trigger you to have a response, no matter what it might be, you know, whether it's an anger issue, if you know that when X, Y, and Z happens and that triggers you, then you should have tools in your toolbox on the go that you're ready for if that happens. So for me personally, when I find myself, I'm in a funky mood or I'm pissed off or something like that, I have a playlist on my Spotify, truth be told, that's called wake up music. I either listen to it when I wake up in the morning, if I feel like I'm like kind of groggy and it's fun music and I sit there and I'll play it and I'll actually sing and dance around because I know that that will change my state about what it is that I'm doing. So you have to be proactive, not reactive. And please, please, please don't walk around with the label using it, using it as an excuse. Don't use it as an excuse. Obviously, identify with it. It's real, but take the responsibility and inspire other people like Jean Guy is and be able to say, you know what? Listen, I realize that I'm in this trap. I realize that I'm in this situation. And I now realize that I have the tools or the resources. I know that they're out there that I could start applying. And like he said, take your time with it, but maybe have a vision in your mind. Like, you know what? I'm going to overcome this. I'm going to beat this stuff. I'm going to learn how to control my emotions and my feelings in certain situations so that I don't have those triggers and those, those reactions so that I can enjoy my life. And more importantly, I want to go out there and help other people enjoy their lives as well. That's what this show is about. This show is really about taking something that you specifically heard here today and going out there and sharing it and making an impact in other people's lives, going downstairs and having a conversation with your family, whatever it might be, take the information tonight and go apply that in your life, but please definitely connect with Jean Guy. Uh, I'm just so thankful for you guys being here, whether you're watching live or on the replay. Um, of course, you know, something that's more, that's very passionate to my heart is help heal humanity helphealhumanity.org. Please go there and check it out. It's something I'm passionate about. Of course, I'm on the board of directors. Um, help me make an impact in the world around us. So definitely go check that out. But uh, my, my appreciation to you guys is this. Thank you for showing up every single week. The podcast is now available on iTunes and everywhere you find podcasts. So if you happen to miss this or you want to share this with other people, by all means, share this out. But you can also find us on the on iTunes under Raw and Unscripted. I can put the link in there as well. But I just appreciate you guys here. Robert, Susan, uh, Diana, um, all you guys, Angel, Mary Kay, uh, Deborah Hansen, uh, Lee, Scott, uh, Goyette, Susan, all you beautiful people. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Lynn Serrano. Um, all you beautiful people light my heart up and you guys are truly my misfits for life. So, uh, I will see you here next week, 7 PM Pacific standard time on Tuesdays until then go out there and have an awesome kick-ass week. Stay unstoppable people. I love you guys. Peace. <laughs>